Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Coming up on this brief special episode, I ramble. I ramble and I ramble, and this episode is for men only. Men, what's your deal? Let's go. Uh, Coming up next on The Virtual Couch. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this special episode of The Virtual Couch for men only. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people like you reclaim your lives from the harmful effects of pornography. If you or anybody that you know is struggling with any type of pornography addiction, compulsive sexual behavior, you don't even have to call it an addiction, please go to pathbackrecovery.com. There you'll find a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome any type of pornography or compulsive sexual behavior. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. But again, for men only. Women, um, no offense. I'm really not trying to be sexist, but uh, this, one's, this one's just for the men. Um, so go ahead and turn the volume down. Maybe hit fast forward and uh, just forward this one to your husband. Because I, I've had one of these days today where, uh, and, and this is an unknown time. So any client that was in my office at any point within the last week or two or three, this is not you. I am not talking about you. This is a combination of a lot of clients that I've been seeing lately and with the men only. And being a guy, I feel like this is one of those uh, situations where over the last few days, I've just thought, okay, I get where we're coming from, men, but, uh, but there's some things that I see coming up over and over again in therapy that I just wanted to address. The, let me give you a, a little example. Here's one that I've heard many, many times, many times, and I've had a little bit of experience with this in my own life as well. This is the concept where I will have a couple in my office and uh, they're talking about communication. They're here to communicate better. And, and I, I'm telling you, I've had this happen so many times where the guy will just say, you know, she wants me to communicate. But then I come home from work and I start to communicate and then she just 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 hammers me with questions. And the guy's going to look at me like, you know, can you believe this? She wants to communicate with me and then she's going to ask me questions. So so he looks at me basically saying, so, I mean, I'm willing to communicate if she would just not ask me questions. And, and I think, okay, let's kind of take a step back here. And this is one of those things where I love when it's uh, don't ask the therapist something that you don't really know the answer to. Because here's, you know, I go to this part of the theme of what I wanted to talk about tonight is what is your intention? You know, is your intention to make your, your wife not feel good? Is it to make her feel silly or dumb or that sort of thing about asking you questions? Because what, what's the good in that? What do you win from that? You win a pretty crummy marriage, if I'm being pretty honest. So, so here's, here's how this typically plays out. And, and it's funny because this is one of those moments where I've gone home and talked to my wife about this, and I've said, hey, you know, do I ever make you feel that way? And she said, yeah, <laughs> there are times where you do. If, uh, if I'm asking, if I'm telling a story, and she's saying, no, wait a minute, I'm, I'm sorry, who was that? Who was that you were talking about? Was that somebody's, uh, is that, is that uh, his brother or is that his sister? And, uh, and I know that, I, you know, in the past, I probably did start to get annoyed or there's a little sigh or there's the eye roll, but our goal is to communicate with our partners. That is the goal. And you're, you're, when you get married, you want to be with this person forever for time and all eternity. Uh, you know, so 
Let's start communicating now. Let's start laying the groundwork down so that when eventually you are an empty nester, that you you have things to talk about, that you don't have these rules where your wife is afraid to ask you about your day, or if she dare does, then she knows, okay, I got to sit back. I can't ask any questions because guess what's going to happen? She's not going to want to hear about your day. And then all of a sudden, you know, the kids are out of the house and you're both sitting there and I don't know, you're playing Angry Birds and, and you're just thinking, what, what is, what is going on here? What's this life all about? When I promise you the marriage therapist in me, the, the 29 years married in me, um, it is so much better when you create these healthy patterns of communication. So, so here's where I'm going with this. What I now do is I say to my wife, I, I am very intentional about this. It's like, okay, boy, do I got a story to tell you. And, and I mean, I think it's been a decade now that we've been doing this. And, and I, I, you know, hope she still forgives me to this day that I feel like, you know, I, I've scarred her a tiny bit from when she let me know that, yeah, no, sometimes I don't want to ask questions because you act annoyed. So it's like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. That's not my goal. I want to communicate with my wife. I love her to death. And the more we communicate, the better, the stronger that bond grows. So the way this plays out is, if I'm going to say I got a story to tell, I literally will say each and every time to the point where I think she's kind of like now she's rolling her eyes where I say, hey, uh, you know, Wendy, um, I'm going to tell you a story and I'll say and the floor is open for questions. You can interrupt me at any time and ask me any question because that's that's what an interaction is like. That's what communication is like. It's a back and forth. And uh, and I want to hear her questions. I want to hear her experience. We might not get through the entire uh, story. That's fine. But guess what? I didn't, hopefully, make her feel bad, make her feel like uh, she shouldn't have asked, and, uh, and I feel like I, it's an opportunity to connect. So the floor is open for questions, gentlemen. If you are going to tell a story, look at this story as I will take as long as it needs. I will, I will draw out on a, on a dry erase board the characters in the story. And, uh, and if I, if I forgot something or if she, you know, and here's the one I love too. I'll, you know, you'll say something and you'll say something that maybe is wrong and, and you know, you, you kind of don't catch it. And then she says, wait, and don't you mean this? And then instead of me going, oh, oh yeah. Okay. You know, you know what I meant? It's like, of, why, what's the intention? You know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I, I didn't even realize I said that. So, so there's some other, there's some familiar, um, friends of this type of dialogue, uh, that, uh, that also are some of the things where, you know, start, you start telling your partner starts telling you a story and you say, yeah, you've already told me, you know, how does, how does one feel with that? I mean, what's the harm in the person starting down the path with their story? And then, uh, you're like, oh no, yeah, go ahead. Tell me. Or even if they say, did I, did I already tell you this story? You know, then it's really nice to say, well, I mean, I think you did, but, uh, but I'll hear it again. I mean, you know, it's, we want our partner to know that they can come to us and that we want to communicate, that we want to hear. And I have people all the time say, look, I'm busy at work or I've, I don't want to talk about my day at work. I'm going to drop the acceptance and commitment therapy model here. If you haven't heard a, a podcast on acceptance and commitment therapy, please go back and listen to one. That's the one where if our goal is to communicate with our partner, to communicate with our wife, gentlemen, then the I'm, I've already had these conversations at work. That's just the story my brain's trying to fuse me to because if I believe that story, if I buy into that story, then I don't have to communicate with my wife. So is that a productive thought? Is it true? Is it a true story that my brain's trying to tell me? Did I already talk about these things at work today? Sure, you bet. But that's not the point. We're not judging if the story is true or false. It's is, is it a productive story toward my goal of communicating with my wife? And I'm sorry, but I believe that should be one of those goals that we need to have. And if we feel like, well, I don't think I do want to communicate with my wife, then go get go to a therapist. Go to a, you know, either do some individual therapy or do some couples therapy because you're, you have built up walls. You know, you, you've, 
and probably become some, I don't know, some, uh, you know, this, this person that now is, is not approachable. And that is not a fun life to live. There is such a different way to live. And so if you are one of these guys that comes home from work and says, I just need time to decompress, I'm sorry. That's a story that, you know, I feel like that is one of those stories that we have used to the I need time to compress, um, decompress on the ride home. Hit that door. You know, I remember this for I remember a long time ago hearing a story of a, of a young woman who, you know, was she just asked me flat out. She just said, hey, when you get home from uh, when you get home from work, what do you what do you do? And I, I said, I don't know. What do you mean? What do I do? And she says, when you come in, what do you do? And I say, I, I hope that like everybody's all excited to see me. I, I want to create this moment where everybody says, dad, you know, the dog's happy. Um, kids are happy. Wife's happy. And uh, and she's like, so you don't need like a half an hour. You don't need an hour to kind of decompress. And I was being very open and honest. And I said, no, I don't. I mean, I feel like that is one of those stories my brain tells me. If, if I create this new pattern, this pattern of, of getting excited, you know, maybe decompressing on the way home, doing a little bit of mindfulness on the way home, getting myself to this position where when I, when I open that door, the first thing I say is, hey, what can I do to help? Or how is everybody's day? You know, that I'm not going and I'm opening the door and I'm not saying the, um, you know, oh, man, I'm so down, you know, uh, I want everybody to just kind of just back off or, or go away because we can create a neuropathway in our brain that says I am excited to get home that when and if that's not the way it is right now, then be more intentional about that. Again, what is your intention when your intention to come home and then make everyone feel bad or feel like they have to tiptoe around dad? That is not a productive uh, way to communicate or interact with the family. So so. Um, I don't go off on a little bit of tangent. I still don't know if this podcast is going to find the light of day, but, but I just, you know, I think about this often, even in this world of EFT, this emotionally focused therapy that I'm trying to, to teach and preach. And I feel so passionate about it as a evidence-based way a framework to communicate where if your wife is saying to you, Hey, you know, I want to, I want to share something with you. Um, you know, I feel like maybe we're, we're losing connection. Then the only answer is tell me more. It's empathy. You know, it's again, what's, if you say, man, I can't believe you just said that. Really? Like, you know, uh, do you know what that does to me when you say that? What's that intention? Is the intention to make your partner feel bad? No, we want to hear from our partner. It goes back to that whole concept when, I, when I'm doing parent training. Man, I'm, I'm hitting all the bases tonight. But when, when we're talking about how to interact with our kids, um, what I always say is, you know, we always say, hey, champ, you can come to me with anything. And then your kid comes to you and says, I broke a window or I, or I was speeding or I got an F or, you know, anything. And then we lose our minds, you know, and, and we're like, are you kidding? What? With... You know, I can't believe you, you failed a class. You know, I can't believe you wrecked the car. Well, nobody woke up in that morning and said, I think I'm going to wreck the car today. Or, you know, at the beginning of a semester and said, man, I can't wait till I fail this class. So, so we say you can come to me with anything, but then when people do, then we don't, then we don't um, actually welcome them. We, you know, then, so at that point now, um, we've set the stage where our kid, for example, now is going to have to, they're worried about what information they can share. Well, heads up, same thing happens with our wife too. If we are this guy who comes in and our wife is like trying to read our mood, or if she's trying to figure out, okay, is it the happy husband that's home? Or is it the upset husband that's at home? Is it the husband that uh, says, hey, everybody, let's go out to dinner? Or is it the one who, you know, a few days later says, man, we're so broke. I can't even believe you guys spend so much money. And then the next day, say it comes home and says, hey, check out my new shoes, you know? We need to be more intentional. We need to be more more present. We need to be more positive. We need to be the the people that when when they or kids or our spouse hears the car pull up, it's not a oh man. And and I've and I've had such. I mean, I've had a lot of sessions, gentlemen, where women have said to me, "Is it normal to not to kind of get a pit in my stomach 
when I hear the garage door open when my husband comes home. And, and it's not. It does not have to be that way. It needs to be a situation where your wife's like, I can't wait to see you. And, and let me address a couple of other things, and, I, and then I will go. I promise I will. Um, but that's one of the, another thing that I ran into a couple of days ago was the one where the wife just says, hey, you know, it would be great if you just checked in with me. And I'm just talking to check in with, shoot me a text, you know, just, hey, what's going on? And this is the part where the guy will say, you know what? I'm so busy. I'm busy at work. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I really can't believe that, you know, you expect that of me. I'm out there slaying the dragon. I, I can't believe you don't um, just give me credit for doing that. Now I got to text you as well. And, and, and that's another one where it's like the answer is yes. You know, you have a few moments to go to the bathroom. You have a couple of minutes where you're checking sports scores on ESPN. You have a couple of minutes where you're watching something on YouTube. Um, you're walking in the building. You know, you're, you're, you're eating lunch for a second. I mean, again, go into the bathroom, anything just to send your wife a text that says, hey, thinking about you today, that's it. And, and if you need to have the conversation where, you know, and that's where I get into the EFT world sometimes. Sometimes a guy will be very open or vulnerable and say, you know, I would like to do that. But if I do, then a lot of times she'll come back with a, hey, how's your day? Tell me about your day. And then if I don't engage, then, then I feel like I get in trouble. So it's better to just not say anything at all. Well, let's have that conversation then. Because your, if your wife just wants to hear from you, wants you to know that you're thinking about her, then, then be more intentional about that. And, and I'm sorry, to set alarms. Uh, phones these days are amazing. Set alarms that say, tell my wife I love her. If you don't have time to send an, you know, a, a bunch of text or, or that sort of thing, send an emoji. Uh, today I sent my wife some, I don't even know what those are, animated GIFs of a little uh, dog and he's on his, on his computer. I don't know why I picked that one, but I had a couple of seconds and I thought that would be funny. I was actually looking for one of this dog who shakes his head no that uh, looks kind of funny, but I digress. The point is, let your, let your wife know that you're thinking about her. Um, thank her for all that she does. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Where's my soapbox? Let me get up on this one too. Um, wives who are stay-at-home, wait, wives aren't listening to this, right? Guys, if your wife is a stay-at-home mom, thank her so much for all that she is doing. That is a, a crazy hard job. It is. Um, you know, the, the, just the stress of always being uh, worried about what's going on at home. What's the emotional state of the kids? Are they, are they following through on their, uh, on, on things that they need to do for school? Um, you know, that our wives take on a lot of that, um, the emotional uh, baggage that goes along with, uh, with being a mom and, and trying to connect to the kids and trying to be everything for everyone. And, and also knowing that, okay. And then when, when my husband comes home, what kind of mood is he in, you know? And, and it's just, it's a lot of emotional, um, it's a lot of emotional calories burned. It's a lot of emotional energy spent. So thank them, please thank them. Um, that, that goes such a long way. I often have women in my office and if I'm doing an initial assessment, I might say, Hey, tell me what, uh, tell me what you do. What do you do? Do you work? What do you do for a living? And I'll hear the, I'm just a stay at home mom. And I want to say, all right, no, 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 you are, you, you are a stay at home mom. It is amazing. It is wonderful. But anyway, I digress. So, so thank, thank your, uh, thank your wife, please do. And if your wife's out there slaying the dragon, here's an, oh, oh gosh. Okay. Here's another one. Um, I have sometimes where women will say, you know, if the woman is, maybe she's making more money than, uh, than her husband and he resents it, you know, he's like, you know, oh, you think you're something else. It's like, Holy cow. Thank her. Be grateful for that. I, I've had a couple of situations, too, where the wife um, has has a job where she is making a lot of money without having to do anything for the day, where she has some residual income coming in or where she's making money in her pajamas. And, and I had a situation where the guy was like, man, it must be nice. 
And it's like, I, I, I would, I would tell my wife, holy cow, you know, I will go buy you more pajamas. I, I mean, I'm so grateful for, uh, for what you're doing or that you figure things out or whatever that is. So again, it goes back to, I said it a bunch already tonight. What is your intention? Your intention should be to build each other up. Um, it, it's a cliche that I used to not be a big fan of, but now I believe it wholeheartedly. It's that concept of one plus one needs to equal three, that you're edifying your partner, that your partner knows that they are coming to you for, for a pick me up that they know that, that you've got their back. I mean, this is that thing. Again, I did an episode a few weeks ago on uh, Sue Johnson's book, love sense. Love sense has some very amazing quotes that talk about that. We really do have this in, innate desire for connection, for attachment. We were born as little squishy babies that required our mom and dad's love. And, uh, you know, we couldn't go out there and kill our own food. Um, we, 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 we couldn't make our own clothes. We couldn't put on our shoes. We couldn't, we couldn't go to the bathroom by ourselves. And so we came from the factory with, with an attachment need. So, so guess what? And you know, when, when I get to work with couples and I get to use this emotionally focused therapy and I get to teach people this framework of how to securely attach to your partner, that is a safe place. That's a safe Harbor. And that's part of what Sue Johnson talks about, where when you have that secure attachment, then you can go out and explore the world and have your emotional ups and your downs. But and, and it's and you know you've got a place to come back to a secure attachment. If you don't have that secure attachment with your partner, a lot of times people then try to form those secure attachments with uh, I don't know whatever it is with work, with the gym, with online groups, with games, with um, where sometimes a lot of addictions will come from is 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 just seeking that. Where do I feel like I belong? And and so when that work can be done at home, when that attachment can be there with your partner, it, it is just beautiful. And 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 again, that whole podcast I did on uh, on Sue Johnson's book Love Sense came from the, uh, the the emails I get regularly that say, you know, I know I just need to take care of me first. I know I can't rely on him. And again, I understand where that comes from. And when somebody is at a place where they feel like they've done all they can do and that is where they're at, then by all means, if I've got that client in my office, I am working on their emotional baseline. I'm working on boundaries. I'm working on recognizing gaslighting. I'm working on a lot of those things because they really, you know, yes, you know, if you can't re rely on your partner or can't go to your partner for a secure attachment, then, then let's work on those things. But I also have been doing couples therapy for a long, long time, hundreds of couples now. And when that emotional secure connection when that framework is in place, when somebody can put out an emotional bid, when they can share a little bit of their heart and their partner looks at them and says, thank you for sharing that with me, tell me more, then some beautiful things can happen from there. Okay, thanks for joining me on uh, this kind of the ramblings of the evening, the four men only, the what's your intention, the uh, our goal is to improve communication, to be there, to have empathy, to change the dynamic in our family so that our, that our partners, so that our kids, so that our dog knows that they can come to us and that we are going to be that that person who can edify and build up, that we can help nurture, build that inner wealth within our partner, within our kids, because it is an amazing, an amazing place to work from um, as, a, as, a, as a man, as a father, as a husband. And if you are not living that kind of life right now, if you're turning to your phone too often, if you're turning to pornography, if you're turning to food or, or shows or games, you're trying to fill a void. And, and that void can be filled by becoming all you can be in the world of parenting with your health, with your faith, with your, uh, with your marriage, with your career. So you don't have to do it all at night or all at night. You don't have to do it all in one night. You don't have to do it all immediately, but just start to be more intentional. What is your intent? What, what is your intention in the things that you're doing at work? 
Um, Find something you are passionate about, but start by learning all you can about your marriage. Learn all you can about being a parent. Um, Dial in your health. I mean, do just let's get some movement going, gentlemen. All right. Okay. I got to I got to go. I really do. Or I'm going to kind of get all fired up again. So uh, again, we'll see if this thing makes the uh, the light of day. If it does, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you have questions, comments, feedback, anything, um, you can reach me at contact at tonyoverbay.com. And uh, I will see you next time, probably on a uh, real official version of the virtual couch. Bus. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.